You're listening to Rates and Lanes with Rico Mohammed. This is the show where we improve your knowledge of the freight market, improve your bottom line, and improve the transportation industry as a whole. We're talking rates and lanes. Let's move on down the audio road. Good evening, everyone. Coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia, it's Rico Mohammed, and this is the Rates and Lanes podcast. We'd like to thank you. And wish everyone a happy new year. We thank everyone for their support in the previous year. And we look forward to doing bigger and better things here in the year of 2015. Just want to um, get started tonight and let everyone know that we've kind of created our own little um, following suit with some of the other hosts on the podcast. We've created our very own Facebook page for the Rates and Lanes podcast. You can find us on Facebook, and I would like to try to use that as a place for a jumping-off spot if you have any questions or any ideas that you would like for us to try to attempt to cover on any future podcast. You can go right on over and like that Facebook page. Um, <clears throat> and like I said, that's strictly going to be something designated strictly for the podcast, uh, just dealing around the things that we deal with here on the Race and Lane podcast is things like contract laws uh, when it comes to dealing with brokers and stuff like that, spot market, contract rates, any issues and topics of that nature that you would like to uh, further go into. And as a matter of fact, I'm looking for some other individuals and some other help in areas like tankers. I'm, I'm getting a lot of questions about people that pull with tankers. So if there's someone out there that is an owner-operator, uh, have their own authority and, and pull tankers, hopper bottoms, and uh, RGN freight, more of the specialized type freight, we would love to try to get you in the loop so that we can have someone, another resource to add to our tool belt and be able to pick your brain so that you can also bring uh, some of those resources and help demystify some of the myths that are surrounding those specific areas of the trucking industry. Um, what we try to do here on the Rates and Lanes podcast is we try to equip people with good factual information and try to add more money to their bottom line so that you can do better. And as a whole, if you start doing better, we believe that a rising tide raises all ships and that if you start doing better, it starts to trickle down and maybe some of the people that are taking the time to... Um, grow themselves and grow their business by listening to such podcasts as this and other information, availing themselves to other information will start to uh, raise the bar in the transportation industry. So just wanted to put that out there. First thing, go over to our Facebook page, Rates and Lanes with Rico Muhammad. Uh, you can find us on Facebook over there and you can click on that. We want to also continue to support the many other groups that we are um, that we already have going on before this one was formed, that's not to take away from any of the other groups, but we still want to continue to support the Rate Per Mile Masters. We want to continue to support the Knowing Rates and Lanes uh, uh, groups. Also, want to give a big shout-out to the guys that run the Nine Mile Per Hour Club. I was going through my Overdrive magazine today, and they had a nice little uh, article there on the voice, Voices on the Channel 19 page. Kudos to you guys uh, for knocking it out of the park. So we want to help you encourage to increase your bottom line. And another way that you can do that is by checking out the Nine Mile Per Hour Club 
I mean, Nine Miles Per Gallon Club, excuse me, over on Facebook as well. Check out that group that you can get some great tips on how to increase your fuel economy. So if you are a teachable person, regardless of what type of uh, freight that you pull, there's another great resource that you may be available that makes yourself available to you. So I encourage everyone to go over, jump over there, and check them out as well. Um, starting out the podcast, so we got a few calls in. So we today we want to kind of do a little bit of a year review and talk about um, making some projections and setting some goals for 2015 today. We're going to get into that in just a second. Just going through a little bit of house, housekeeping before we get into that type of stuff. And with no further ado, let's get over, see if we can find where we need to be here. We will want to go into uh, the USDA truck market report. Looks like there is some movement going on in the produce, some produce markets. And we also want to get into the DAT trend lines report. And we are getting over into this. Get up that report here in just a second. So we're going to start out with the USDA truck market report for the week of um, January the 7th. And we got some shortages going on right now. I was starting to notice this on the low board the other day, starting to see that the, the, the low board started getting a lot darker for reefers in certain areas. And there is significant shortages going on right now at the Mexico crossing through Nogales, Arizona. I'm just going to highlight the significant shortages first, and we'll come back and clean up the other ones. The Upper Valley Twin Falls, Burley District, Idaho has significant shortages. Idaho, Merrill County, Oregon. Lower Rio Grande Valley, Texas. Mexico crossing through Texas. Columbia Basin, Washington, and Central Wisconsin. Those areas in the United States right now are seeing significant movement, produce. So if you have, uh, and some of those, some produce can move on just about every type of uh, equipment out there, whether it be a van, dry van, a reefer, or a vented van. Uh, and so in some cases, you know, the vented vans uh, and, and onions, I've seen onions moved on flatbeds and step decks. So I advise you to go over to Google the USDA truck market report. There's a lot much there. There's a lot more information available on the USDA truck market report that we do not cover here on the podcast. But I encourage you to go Google that report, and I'll try and post out, send out some links on it uh, a little bit after the show, and avail yourself to some of the information that is on there uh, to see if you might be able to jump on some of that freight with the um, available equipment that you have in your fleet. And there are slight shortages in Imperial Valley, of uh, California, and Western Arizona, um, Kern District, California, Oxnard District, California, Santa, Mar uh, Santa Maria, California, South District, California, San Luis Valley, Colorado, Arrowstook, County, Maine, Michigan, and Nebraska, New York, and also rounding out Yakima Valley. Those are all have slight shortages. And they're normally on this report, it goes by surplus, slight surplus, adequate, slight shortage, and a shortage. 
And on this report, there are no areas in the country that has a surplus or a slight surplus. There are some showing inadequate, but uh, there is much more slight shortages and shortages going on on this report than there are um, than there are adequate and more than that. So you want to try to get over there in some of the areas, the significant areas, and it has information on there on rates and stuff coming out of those lanes. So it helps you to be able to negotiate if you're dealing with direct shippers to be able to negotiate your rates and stuff a lot better. And with no further ado, let's jump over into the DAT trend lines for this week. And for the DAT trend lines for this week, the report goes as such for December 28th through January 3rd. Freight availability remains stable during the week. Between Christmas and New Year's, the average line haul rate held steady for vans, but the total rate dipped one cent due to decline in fuel surcharge. Rates increased for flatbeds and reefers. And let's jump over into much a little bit more detail for the U.S. fan demand in, uh, for the week of December the 28th through January the 3rd. The low board activity continued a two-week low to end the holiday season with a 0.7% uptick in van load postings with a 23% decline in truck posts. The result was a 30% increase in the load-to-truck ratio from 3.3% to a, a typical high of 4.3 loads per truck. December van ratio was up. The national ratio averaged 3.7 for vans in December and a 5.9% increase compared to November and a 0.7 above the level of December of 2013. Low post increase on both month over month and year over year. So there was significant, there was still, uh, uh, we're still up as a whole compared to 2013 and 14. And we're also up month over month as far as the dry vans go. I know that in looking at the map, it's not the rosiest of pictures, but like I once again, when you're dealing with um, the dry vans, as far as the DAT reports go, Whenever you find yourself happen to be in a market that is above a three, I've found my experience, my personal experience has been that you are in a strong market for the trucker or the carrier, put it that way. Let's, let's use carrier. Yeah, let's start defining terms this year, 2015. For the carrier, you're in a strong position if you're in a, a, a market that is um, a three-to-one ratio. means that there you can kind of, get the rates that you want to get, um, depending on that. If you have specific areas that you want to go to, of course, you know you need to have a lot of flexibility for that. But if you're above a three, three-to-one ratio in any market with a drive-in, you pretty much can um, get a very fair rate on any movements coming out of those markets. And since we're talking about rates, let's jump over into the national van rates for December 28th through January 3rd. And just a reminder, before we get into that, if anyone on the line has any questions, uh, go ahead and press number one. That puts you in the queue, and we can get right to you once we wrap up most of these reports. So go ahead and press number one if you got any questions or if you got um, questions about uh, lane-specific things. If you got anything about it, if you want to know a rate in a specific lane or something like that, 
that's something that we can tackle here on the Rates and Lanes podcast. We can try to pull some of that information up and get you some direct resources on what's been going on in some particular lanes. So press number one if you'd like any of that information as well. Jumping back into the National Van Rates Report, the national average rate for vans dipped one cent per mile last week to $2.07 due to a decline in the average fuel surcharge. Van demand rates remain, in strong, remain strong for the season. The, month, the monthly average van rates achieved an off-season peak in December at $2.08 per mile, including fuel. Compared to the same month in 2013, van rates were up 7.2%. Country and the national van rate average coming out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, was $1.92. Coming out of Atlanta, Georgia, the national van rate was $2.19. Chicago, Illinois, checks in at $2.31. Moving over into the central region, Dallas shows $1.95. And out west, round is out at $2.42 per mile on average for vans out west. Moving on to U.S. flatbed demand for the week of December 28th through January the 3rd. Flatbed load availability declined another 6.7%. And truckload capacity lost 25% last week. Due to a second week of holiday-related low and low board activity, the load-to-truck ratio increased another 24% from, for the week and from 18.5 to 22.9 loads per truck, as more truckers than brokers appeared to be off that week. Low volume dipped 1.2% for flatbeds in December compared to November, and capacity increased 3.1%, yielding a 4.2% decline in the load-to-truck ratio month-over-month. The ratio rose 12.6% compared to December of 2013, however, due due primarily to increased demand. Um, Let's see here. I have another note here that I wanted to try to get to, but we need to have misplaced that one. So we'll just jump over into the rates, the national flatbed rates for December 28th through January 3rd. Flatbed rates added one cent last week despite another one cent decline in the fuel surcharge. The national average rate increased from $2.30 to $2.31 per mile, including the fuel. Rates down two cents in December. The national average rate for flatbeds fell two cents in December to 229 compared to December 2013. However, flatbed rates rose 12 cents per mile. And we're going to show um, uh, the national rate across the country for flatbeds on average coming out of Harrisburg shows $3.98 per mile. Atlanta checks in with $2.57 per mile. Rock Island shows a $2.67 per mile average. Houston, Texas, showing a $2.63 per mile average. And Phoenix, Arizona, checks in with the lowest out of all the national averages coming in at $1.85. Well, if you got a flatbed, it looks like the place to be is up in that northeast. Um, 
as far as the rates were concerned. And now let's wrap it up with the U.S. reefer demand and capacity report. Reefer rates um, for December 28th through January 3rd. Demand for reefers increased 8.3% last week, and capacity lost another 21%. Just a quick side note. If you're paying, if you're paying attention and if you happen to be an individual that is a single person or doesn't really have a bunch of family or anything like that, the one trend that is remaining and, and some things, some notes that I want us to start taking mind of, um, like I said, we want to start trying to make observations from the previous year and so we can start to begin to project for the next year. And one thing that we want to definitely take a, a observation of is that across all of the reports, there's a common trend showing for the holiday weekends. And I think a lot of people already know this, but I'm just putting it out there to start pricking some people's consciousness so that when we, uh, when this time comes again next year, or for a matter of fact, not necessarily next year, but there, this is a trend over all of the holidays. A lot of people would rather spend more time with, at home with family and loved ones, and nothing's wrong with that. Of course, if, you, if that's what you do, if you work hard and you want to be able to uh, take some time off to appreciate the, the, the spoils of your riches, by all means, that's why we do this, to have the option and the choice to be able to do that. However, there is a gigantic opportunity available for those that are willing to exploit it over the holiday weekends on the spot market because everybody wants to get off of the road. I mean, and you basically got to got, uh, um, you really have your pick of the lid on, on a lot of things that are out there. There's way less uh, traffic in the truck stops, rest areas, and everything else. So all of the amenities will be all to yourself. But there's a classic opportunity to be had and some good money to be made if you're willing to run over the um, holiday weekends. Um, you know, just something to put, put in the back of your mind. With no further ado, let's pick back up. I'll start back over. Demand for reefers increased. 8.3% last week, and capacity lost another 21% in part to the two-week low in the low board activity during the Christmas and New Year's holiday. The resulting load-to-truck ratio increased 37% from 10.2 loads to truck to 13.9 reefer loads per truck. December ratio dipped 4.2%. The reefer load availability rose 4.1%. And capacity added 8.3% in December. Compared to November, the resulting load-to-truck ratio dipped 4.2% to 10.6% compared to 2013. The ratio declined 5.3%. So, let's get into some U.S. reefer rates for December 28th and January 3rd. And the national average rate rose 2 cents for reefers again last week to $2.38 per mile, despite another one-cent decline in the average fuel surcharge. Checking in across the country, Elizabeth, New Jersey averages comes come back at $2.24 per mile. Checking in in the southeast, coming out of Lakeland, Florida, checks in at $2.02 per mile. Moving up into the Midwest, Green Bay, Wisconsin, checks in with an average of $3.11 per mile. 
McAllen, Texas. I stated this on the USDA truck market report. I'm starting to see a lot of activity down in McAllen, Brownsville, um, far Texas, the Mexico crossing down and down through Texas, Texas in at 2019 cents per mile coming out of there. So, you know, coming out of 219, uh, it's not quite where you, uh, the greatest um, rate on reefers, but of course, you know, if you've been down to McAllen, anything coming out of there is pretty much going to have some decent miles attached to it so you can make up a little bit. So if you're looking at a little bit of miles, make some money, might be a good Laredo and, and McAllen, Brownsville, down through that way might be a good place to start making your way to. And rounding out the rates report, is Fresno, California, checking in at an average of $2.24 per mile on average coming out of Fresno, California. So that pretty much wraps up those rates and reports. And what we wanted to talk about was looking back on 2014. 2014 was a, a pretty good year. Hopefully, you've already started to begin to um, look at your numbers for the year. You've already started closing them out. And you start to looking at those numbers with the purpose of making projections for the following year. Hopefully, you got some type of accounting process in place, whether it be QuickBooks or whether it be uh, Kevin Rutherford's program, if you're leased on to a company or whatever. And and the reason that, you know, I'm going to kind of chime in and, and jump on board with Kevin on his crusade on trying to get us as owner operators to make sure that we're looking at our numbers is because we need to be able to see what we actually did on any given time snapshot on our business so that we can start to say, okay, where is the slow periods during the year? And not just a slow period. We don't want to be um, following the trend and say, like everybody else say, and say, well, these are the slow times of the month of the year. Do you have the data to back up when the slow periods are for you and your business? And if you are, this is the part that we as entrepreneurs I don't think any entrepreneur really likes or enjoys sitting down and actually doing numbers. We eat more, we get more satisfaction out of doing the work. The numbers is not, um, that's not the sexy part of what it is that we do. We kind of disregard the numbers and a lot of us, uh, neglect the numbers and we don't know. We kind of in our minds have an idea of what's going on, but we can't go back and, and validate what it is that we say on paper where we may have that idea in our mind but we can't validate it on paper because we're not tracking our numbers but if we begin to track our numbers closely with the purpose of looking at how we can look and find and identify the slow periods of the year for our particular business and what countermeasures can we start to put in place for the slow periods of our year um I was listening to some information um, the other day. I was listening to, you know, first of the year just came by, and a lot of owner operators make the mistake of at the end of the year before the year changes over. Well, I got a little money laying around. Let me go spend some money. And then we go spend that money right before the end of the year trying to get tax breaks. And then what comes right behind that? Well, it's January, February for a lot of different operations that is the slow period of the year 
and we began to panic a little bit because we not we may not have as much money stored back as we thought we did because we went out at the end of December, spent a bunch of money just to get a little bit of, you know, we're going to spend $20,000 to get a $3,000 tax break. This is some of the stuff that we got to begin to, as business owners, we got to be a little bit smarter and a little bit craftier and thinking about what it is that we're doing before we go do it. Um, so if, but if we're tracking the numbers and watching what it is that we're doing, this will allow us to be a lot, uh, uh, much more savvy in our approach, in our business practice. You know, um, just want to start to stress on us to make sure that we take some time to sit down. If you don't have anything in place, now's an excellent opportunity. It's the first of the year. Too much time hasn't went by. So you can start from now. You can begin now and begin getting ahead of, you know, there's an old saying, if you, um, if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. So if we take the time now to go ahead and, and sit down and get our numbers, start making preparations to track our numbers properly. And this goes across the board, not only for finances, but also fuel economy. You know, we, we made a mention, we plugged the guys over at the nine mile per gallon club. Go join those groups. Find out how you can increase your bottom line. That's what we're all about here on the Audio Road Podcasting Network. Um, increasing your bottom line. We want to help you save some money to put more money in your pocket, but we also want to um, make more money so that the bottom market, the, the bottom line gets better regardless. So going back and looking at your previous year's numbers, tracking your profit and loss statements for month over month, begin to identify different areas where, okay, you can make some countermeasures and say, how can I circumvent? Start brainstorming to yourself. What different things that you, can you do if you have direct customers? Are there other uh, value-added services that you can bring that you already bring to the marketplace that you might be able to add to increase your rate? You know, think about, you know, do you have a offer maybe online tracking or something like that where you may be able, there are different programs out here now where you can buy um, smartphone applications and, and give your customers access to it. They want to know where their shipment is at all times or whatever that, you, you know, if you, if you happen to be moving the freight or whatever, if you got a, of your employees are moving the freight, you know, there are different things that you can do now that, that can help bring a little bit more value added services and then customer may be willing to pay a premium for. So just trying to think outside of the box on different things that you can do during the low periods of the, of, of, um, of the month. Or, or through the year, and better yet, now would be we talked about running through the holidays when there people are trying to get freight out at the last minute or whatever, and taking advantage of those things on the spot market. Well, now if you do that, right behind the holidays, traditionally, like we said, it, it is some bit of a low a low period for some businesses. So if you budget and project accordingly, well. The first couple of weeks out of the year, or maybe even if you really knock it out of the park, the first month out of the year, if you're running strictly primarily on the spot market, you may have enough put back where you can take off during the slow period. You don't even have to work at all. There are some people that, that have their businesses down to a science, um, and it works for them and works for their business model where they just take months off at a time. I know that sounds strange to some people, but, hey, if you it's your business. It's your baby. You can do with it. What do you want to do with it? If you budget it yourself and, and 
predict yourself out accordingly. But what we're trying to, what we wanted to talk about tonight was with the prediction and and um, viewing, taking a look into the future. You know, they didn't pay me or anything, but I just didn't um, I didn't really care for their business practice. So, right, but right. but if you, but if you got some brokers that you got uh, that that you know y'all get along fairly well and and you got a, a decent relationship with, then of course by all means maybe uh, explore and exploit that relationship to the best of your ability. Okay. Okay. All right. But you know, may, 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 maybe use some of the tactics that we've talked about before. And I'm, I probably got to go back over some of this stuff because I got to keep reminding myself. Somebody told me, um, you know, some stuff that we've covered in previous shows, we kind of maybe need to start backtracking and covering some of this yeah. stuff again. But just make yeah. sure that when you're dealing with it, just because you deal with, um, take for instance, we'll say C.H. Robinson, since they're one of the biggest ones. If you can, a lot of C.H. Robinson agents have the ability to book any load in their system, regardless if it's their particular load or not. So if you can, if you're going to be dealing with C.H. Robinson on some loads, try to deal directly with the person that you deal with on more than one occasion instead of a different broker every time that you deal with something. If you try to get a relationship established with one particular person, they kind of get to know you they and you get to kind of know them. You you can you kind of can set yourself up to have a, a little bit of a better go at it when dealing with uh, some of these larger brokerage houses and stuff like that. If they have the ability, like a C.H. Robson, to book any load in their system. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. 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 All uh, right. Uh, uh, and, and you may want to look at where where are you from? It looks like you out of you out of Atlanta as well. Looks like. Yes. Yes. Uh huh. You may want to try and reach out on some of your off days, whatever. C.H. Robinson, I don't know. I'm just using them as an example because they are the largest broker and and, and they um, a lot of people use C.H. Robinson. A lot of people talk bad about C.H. Robinson, but C.H. Robinson does have local offices. And okay. there, I know for a fact that there's a local office here in Atlanta. You can just go on their website and find out where their local offices are. And maybe on one of your off days or whatever, when you're back home in Atlanta, take some time and maybe reach out to one of those guys and take them to lunch or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Just to get the relationship established. These are some of the things that we try to talk about that that, that can help. You know, uh, you know, if you took a guy out to lunch or whatever, and they get to know you face to face in your home area or whatever, he just based on that relationship, he may be more apt to give you a call and maybe even give you a better rate than he would somebody that just called them for the very first time that you don't know from a can of paint. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I'll do that. And, 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 at, and at the end of the day, key the receipt is, hey, it's, it's, it's a business expense, my friend. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. All right, Brian. We, All right. we appreciate it, my friend. Have a good one. You too. Bye. Bye. And, guys, this wraps up. The, that pretty much wraps up the uh, Race and Lanes podcast. We'd like to appreciate Thank you, everyone. God bless you. Good night. Thanks for joining us on Rates and Lanes. 
If you like what you heard here, leave us a rating and review on iTunes or listen to our other shows at audioroad.letstruck.com. To get in touch with our tribe, call us at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Thanks for joining us for the ride down the audio road.